This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, 9.37 in the morning right now and ouch, it means it's time for the SNM show. <laughs> Together with Salvatore Dali, yeah, who joins us every Wednesday. He's got his blog called malaysiafinance.blogspot.com. One of the most read blogs in no. Uh, Malaysia. No, <laughs> no, uh, in KL, uh. not anymore. No, uh. no, no. Uh, uh, maybe Bandar ja- Utama, Jalan Tun Sambatan. <laughs> no, uh. no. <laughs> Actually, which is the top one? Uh? Which top blog? What do you think? I have no idea. Actually, we talk about financial blogs. I have no idea anymore. But whatever it is, that's not the I, that's not the whole reason why we're here. Uh, the reason why we do the SNM show is because we discuss and talk about. Um, Stocks and markets. Today, one particular counter has uh, stood out for the past couple of weeks or so. That's because it's been the subject of uh, quite a fair bit of takeover offers. First coming in from Navis Asia a couple of, uh, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the board of the company, Coco Land, rejected that a bit. Now, here comes Anthony Salim, uh, or Salim Group, yeah, which comes along and uh, says, Hey, I want to I take over Coco Land as well. At about 463.3 million ringgit. Now he's doing it through his uh, Hong Kong listed First Pacific Company Limited. What is the interest? Why so much interest in Coco Land? I think, place? firstly, it's quite a stable business. Okay. And uh, you and I might not be very familiar with their products, but their products are actually quite uh, um, popular. It's out there in the market, it's right? There. Biscuits and all these things. Coco Pie. Yeah. Have you heard of their gummy? Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, say that with a guilty look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they've been making good traction into 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 China and uh, Indonesia as well. Um, we have to go back because this is is getting to be a saga in the first place. I, I mean, uh, there's a there's probably a good book or, or TV series here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why I say that is that you see FNN has about twenty seven percent of uh, Coco Land. Now, how it landed in the position is about four years ago. They they, they came in, I think, at one thirty-eight. Okay. Uh, back in twenty ten. Good price. Good uh, price. Yes, but since then, FNN had to. They themselves have went to a, di- a different kind of saga as well, with Sharon and Hanneken and all that. Mm. You know, jostling. So now, Sharon controls FNN. This is uh, the Thai big uh, Thai the, uh, Thai biggie. Yeah. And I think to Sharon Pokpan. This Coco Land's thing is like, what's that? <laughs> you peanuts, know? right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's peanuts. He wasn't there. He didn't okay the deal. And I don't think it makes much sense for him to, to, to you know, either he's, he, he comes in and, 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 and buys over the entire thing or just sells. So I think the what FNN's role here is very critical because you need 75% acceptances uh, mm. as this is a non-binding offer. So... FNN has to agree to sell, assuming the brothers uh, uh, want to sell as well. Uh, from what I hear from the grapevine, I have from uh, some analysts and salespeople who have visited the company, right. um, it appears that FNN is kind of like blasé about their stake. Uh. I, I, I don't think uh, Sharon has a long-term view on, 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 on their holding in Cocolet. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so here comes uh, here comes a good offer. The knight from Indonesia, yeah, <laughs> of uh, Indomie fame, one of the richest men in Indonesia. I think oh. the Salim group now and the Salim group of yesteryear, there's a big difference. Oh really? Yes. What's the difference? 
they're not so big anymore. Okay. Yeah. And this uh, went along with the fall. The father, the when the father was Suhato, around, right? yes, yes. Yeah. The father, when the father was around, yeah, it was very big. Yeah. But anyway, that's. But totally still, different. I mean, it's not somebody to not um, something to scoff at. No, yeah. no, nobody yeah. is scoffing. He's got the dollars, you know. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that the, the the interesting is that why did navies came in and you know started building 180, 220, and all that? That is lowballing, I think, you know. Uh, and then how now, how much stake do they have, uh, navies at the moment? Nothing. Nothing. They, they just came in with an offer. Right, and this was a, uh, another when 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 it was in play when the, when it, when news of that came came through, uh, basically bringing the company into the limelight that it, it is in play. That means that they might be keen to sell. Uh, then you get people like First Pacific coming in. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the 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 question is that after the announcement of the two seventy offer by Salim Group, uh, not Salim but First Pacific, um, the share price did not go anywhere near two seventy and is falling yeah. back. It's no. uh, trading right now at about the 246, 40, 47 level. And here's the thing. I think this is very interesting because the offer that was made was offered uh, to the assets and liabilities rather than making a GO of the shares at 270. And there is a distinct difference between those two types of structures of offers, right? What What is... Why Why just uh, buy over okay, assets and they liabilities? Could, they could... If you were first specific, you could make an offer for like two seventy, and you buy sh- actual shares in the that's in right the, in yeah. the listed shares, right? Yeah. But this way, when they are buying the business uh, assets and liabilities itself, that means the, the 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 cash gets pumped back into the shell company, which shell is now company. don't have bus- any business. Yeah, yeah. So in each fact, the, it makes the two seventy more attractive because with Coco Land, the listed shell with the cash mm. from the transaction. Can still go and buy something else, right? It's open to or it could on sell, you know, itself. To or it could be paid out as dividends. Uh, yes, Isn't it? Yeah. maybe a little bit, but True. but there is a premium to having a listed vehicle. So you could sell that listed vehicle per se. Yeah, you know, in addition, so that makes that two seventy, in actual fact, a lot more attractive. Because of what uh, the existing management of Coco Land may do with, with cash, yeah, exactly, and therein lies mm. that uh, that difference, right? Uh, two forty-five right now to the, the share, the effective valuation of two seventy that's given by Salim. Mm. That thirty cents is representing the risk of actually what the existing management would do to the cash uh, should they receive it, should they accept n- the offer. Not, not, not so far ahead. I think the why the share price is 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 a bit far away from two seventy is that I think the general view. public view yeah. is that the deal would not go through. Mm-hmm. But mm. that is maybe on the presumption that they they, they don't know FNN's view on that because FNN haven't said anything yet. Mm. But from my op- in my opinion, mm. I think FNN is a willing seller as well because uh, I think Sharon does not think that Coquelin fits in the picture of why he wanted FNN in the first place. It's too small for Sharon. Yeah, rather interesting. Huh? We'll look more into this uh, Coquelin saga after the break here and. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. It's the SNM show where ouch, yeah, we talk about stocks and markets. Today we are talking about a company that started life as two brothers selling goreng pisang. Right? And uh, they also sold other deep fried snacks as well. They did it in the Klang Valley. Later they were joined by other brothers. Then the company grew as they went on to something called Might Food Enterprise. And uh, eventually they got their own factory dealing with um, 
uh, tube drinks, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And also, more famously, they came up with cocoa jelly. Mm-hmm. Sure, all of you remember the those purveyors of junk food yeah. <laughs> that's demanded by everybody, <laughs> and so it grew into what's known as Coco Land Holdings Group, which is now managed by, uh, according to the website, ten siblings. Yeah, wow, and and they are actually, according to the article in in the Star over mm. the weekend, is they are willing sellers because they do not see anybody from their second generation taking over the business. I see. Right. And they are the brothers, the the seven brothers. Uh, they are ages, the age ranges from fifty years to seventy years. So okay, yeah. yeah. So time to just take it easy, right, and enjoy yeah. life. So I guess I guess uh, you have the brothers being willing uh, sellers. sellers per se. Right. Uh, is two seventy a price that they were they would be satisfied with? All right. And in actual fact, what I heard from the market. Was that they were keen sellers before, sometime last year. Uh, the rumor is that they wanted something around the three thirty level. All right. All right. Um, now two seventy. Given what we explained just now, is not for the listed vehicle per se, but privatized in, in a way. Um, it would actually make the two seventy look very attractive okay. in, in the current market. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, so I think that this, the brothers would sell bec- and they would also participate in the new SPV by taking a smaller stake. Mm-hmm. They, they are expected to continue to run it for a few more years. I wonder what is the basis for these uh, valuations, 270, 330? How, how do they come up with it? Then you have to ask first specific mm-hmm. because that, that valuation is quite high. There's almost uh, 21 times current earnings. You know. Wow. Right. 21 times. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, existingly, uh, for FY15, it's already 14 times. Yeah. But if you're taking control of the business, uh, so that is quite, an, quite a hefty price to me. So if you add that, added to that our analysis on the, on the FNN factor, mm. which some people may think that they're going to say no, but in actual fact, I think they're likely to say yes as well. Um, there is a good chance that this deal might go through. Despite what the share price is telling us, are they just putting themselves out as bait? But because it's a non-binding thing, okay. if it's non-binding thing, um, it is very hard to to go past two seventy unless there are you know one or two new bidders for the for, right. for the for the thing. Are, are they putting themselves out that way? They are already out there. I mean, right. yeah, they are purposely putting themselves out there, right, to to attract uh, bidders for 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 the control company. Like, like, you know. But then again, the thing is that. Um, in a more normal market, probably you're going to get a lot more bidders from from locally and also from regional, you know, uh, players. Right. Uh, but with the outlook on our currency, probably the only people who want uh, Malaysian type assets, you know, are Indonesians. <laughs> well, you know, the currency is a very interesting angle because the Malaysian stocks for people who have a strategic direction for some of these vehicles, right, or some of these companies. Uh, the current moment would represent uh, an opportune time to come in because if you either delay, uh, I mean, you run the risk. You're like playing a game of chicken right now, right? Yeah. If if the ringgit, uh, if you come in and ringgit weakens further, of course, you make losses out of it. But uh, you're supposed to come in for strategic, long-term reasons. Yeah. But make, if you don't yeah. buy and you wait, then you lose the chance. True, true. But people are making fun of our ringgit already. Already, we have regional people calling us. Yeah, your ringgit changed name already. It's, it's referred to now as the shrink it. 
It's oh, that, painful uh, to laugh, right? <laughs> it's like that um, joke during when Iceland was in a crisis, right? And uh, uh, the, the Iceland kronas, right? Uh, well, I don't know what the name of currency is, but uh-huh. the, the question, the riddle went, what is the capital of Iceland? Uh-huh. What, what is it? Do what? you know? What? I don't know. Well, at the time, the answer was $2. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gone now because Iceland has uh, s- recovered, recovered uh, they've yes. restructured and they recovered There's from the, the crisis. They sold off a lot of ice cubes. Yeah, yeah ho- hopefully it's uh, <laughs> the same for Malaysia as well. Uh, or oh, two ringgit would be terrible. Yeah. Right? Okay, every week uh, you choose a song uh, that you would like to play at the end of the show. This week you chose a rather rather interesting song. Yes, the um, ad-libs. The ad-libs, uh, nobody know what the ad-libs right. are. Uh, they, they were quite a successful band uh-huh. uh, back in the 60s. Okay. Uh, they did a song called Boys from New York City, which was made into an even bigger hit by Manhattan Transfer 20 years later. Yes. Uh, so most of us will probably be aware of the Manhattan Transfer song, uh, version. Right. But in actual, if you listen to the original version, ah. you will find that the Manhattan Transfer added zilch to the song. <laughs> they just copied it. They uh, just copied it. Including you know, arrangement Everything, the arrangement, the, you know, the voices, you know, the backing and all that. <laughs> okay, so we'll take a listen to the ad-libs from 1965. Boy from New York City. Don't forget to join us every Wednesday after 9:30 a.m. news for uh, the SNM show. And if you haven't got enough of uh, Salvatore Dali, which is strange if you haven't, <laughs> <laughs> then pop on over to MalaysiaFinance.blogspot.com. So we're going to leave you with this one right now. The Adlibs from '65 and Boy from New York City. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.